Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors, and today, Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor is going to distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. We got the semifinals underway. There's a whole lot of basketball, some controversy last night. David Bloom on vacation. We're going to get into all of that right about now. You're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz Oh, my goodness, my goodness, my goodness. There's a whole bunch of things going on, y'all. Listen, man, this listen, we're going to get right into it. It's your boy, Evan T. Mac. I want to let you guys know that my boy David Bloom, he's off doing this thing, man. He's doing like a pilgrimage going across Europe, doing all kinds of things, going to Poland, going to Israel, going to all these places, experiencing all these different things and experiencing his culture in a very unique and original way. I wish him safe travels. He will be back very, 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 very soon. But I'm here with y'all to give y'all y'all's basketball fix, man. Whole bunch of interesting things going on, man. Listen, so much going on. End games out. Game of Thrones is crazy. Endgame is like the best comic movie I've ever seen in my entire life. My top five movie of all time across all genres, man. Listen, anybody in the chat, y'all let me know if I'm crazy or saying that is the top five greatest movie ever made. It took 22 movies to do it, but I think they did it. But um, let's get into some basketball, man. I want to get real started, started really early. But a first shout out to Dan, Star Drew in the chat, man. You guys are always holding it down. You guys are always amazing. Thank you for the WWE Raw updates as well, since I can't watch it live. But let's get into what happened last night. So we got we got the Western Conference semifinals. We have the rematch from the Western Conference finals last year with the Rockets and the Warriors. And it's, a lot, it's very interesting. But let me, let me start off by talking about what the elephant in the room was. The elephant in the room last night was um, missed calls, referees doing making calls or kind of influencing the game. And my whole thing about referees is, if you guys don't know how I feel about referees, is they're supposed to be kind of like seen but not heard. Like they're there to kind of keep the game from getting out of control. Put like this, they're they're the difference in what makes a game uh, professional and what makes a game a pickup game. Because you guys all know anybody who's ever played a pickup game before, it's always, you know, everyone calling their own calls, everyone messing up the score count, everyone starting to fight, everyone doing this, everyone doing that. But when the referees were brought in to kind of kind of change all that, bring some structure to the game. So they they are very much needed. But it gets to a point, a la that happened in the Saints game, Saints versus the Rams, where when, when a ref kind of gets a little too involved in something, and it kind of is the story as opposed to Durant dropping 35, uh, Harden dropping 35, and people playing out of their minds in, in a great competitive um, game one in Oracle, it it kind of takes away from the allure and the appeal and, and gives credence and gives venom to everyone that says, oh, this is fixed, um, this is how it goes, and they want this to go a certain way, and, and uh, all pro sports are a fraud because they're tied in with Vegas and money and all this stuff like that. And I always am the proponent and the guy that says that's not true. And I hate when I watch a game, man, and I feel like referees are dictating certain aspects of the game, certain huge aspects of the game. And if you guys don't know what I'm talking about, it's it's the certain there's a certain three call. 
And this this is my my only problem with with stuff like this. So all year round, all year long, when James Harden does his razzle dazzle and his step back and he puts people in the blender and he crip walks all over the place and does a couple cartwheels, black back flips, and then Simone Biles and Gabby Douglas is all around the court and he makes a jump shot. Nobody says anything. He gets hit on the pinky or the elbow and y'all call a foul, three point play, four point play, so on and so forth. So we get into the playoffs. He does the same exact thing. The razzle-dazzle, the Gabby Douglas, the Cirque du Soleil, magic tricks, and all this stuff, a la Lance Burton, the David Copperfield, and then he doesn't get the call. Now, from coming from his perspective, he's thinking to himself, like, wait a minute, I got this call all year. I, got, I get this call for 82 games. Now, when it really matters most, you're not giving the call. So, I... I and then and it goes the whole thing. Well, everybody knows that the, the games get called differently in the playoffs. They, people say that and they accept that like it's normal, though. I used to like I used to like that when it gets more competitive, and then you guys let them play, and you and you kind of like let the game dictate itself and let the grown men do what grown men do. I get that, but I'm telling you, if you're if you want to call the technical or a ticky tack foul, and you said the emphasis this year was to call that call, do not invade the the jump shooter space. Give him a landing spot. Don't jump in his way. If that's the whole thing, and that's your whole moment of emphasis and your point of emphasis, you have to call it. Like we're talking six or seven or eight calls. If I'm looking at the if I'm looking at things correctly, six or seven or eight calls that weren't called just because. Now, the Warriors played great defense, but they weren't playing that great defense. There was like at least four occasions where James Harden got fouled. It's a foul is a foul. If we just want to eliminate the game, making American Gladiators out there, and if you want to make a Mad Max Fury Road out in the NBA, y'all just let me know. I grew up playing pickup basketball, man. Like, I, do, do I really care, man? I didn't grow I, I, Most of my career, I didn't even have a ref anywhere in the, in the zip code while I was playing basketball, and most of these young men didn't either. But if we're going to play a civilized game and a gentleman's game, you have to call the call. Is it the reason why they lost? Maybe. maybe. Guys, if he's getting a four-point play or he's getting three, point, three shots, he's one of the best free-throw shooters in the game. Technically, he's going to make about two or three or three out of three of those, and those put points on the board. They lost 104 to 100, you know, tomato, tomato, one plus one equals six, you know, so on and so forth. You know, it's one of those things where it's interesting, guys. I don't know what you guys think of the chat. I know you guys that are in this chat, y'all watch this, man. Hey, what? I know you watch this. I know y'all... Y'all seen this. I just want to know what you guys think. We can, we're definitely coming back to it, but I want you, I want to get y'all overall thoughts on did the fouls cost in the game? Did, did what, what, is it okay to call two different types of games, even though you've been calling it the same word every year? Give me give me the um literally your your, your guys' thoughts on that. But Warriors go up 1-0. Warriors are the favorite. Warriors are going for a three-peat. Warriors in Oracle. Warriors have home home court advantage. Uh, the, uh, the, the series doesn't start till the home team loses. The home team hasn't lost yet. Game two is crucial for the Rockets. Game two has to go to the Rockets if the Rockets want to win. This series had seven games written all over it, but they can't get help from the refs as well. Um, James Harden voices frustration. Hopefully this will kind of give, put it like this, put the refs on notice. If you guys know anything about basketball, playoff basketball, a few years ago they changed the rules where um, every game is different, is officiated by a different crew just to avoid this kind of this thought process of things being biased or things being skewed a certain way. They, they, they'll bring in a different crew for this next game. We'll see if those guys have gotten the memo and they'll officiate it kind of down the middle when, when James does his thing and will he get the foul call? I do not know, but right now we have a very interesting series. Um, it, it, it's shaping out to be something interesting. Like I said, the Warriors are always going to be the favorite of this game. They, they, they showed up. They did what they had to do. We, we had, like I said, we had Durant. He poured in with 35. Steph, 18. Draymond at 14. 
13, Andre 14, uh, Clay 13. It's like it was it was evenly distributed. It was evenly played. It was they they passed the ball well. They 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 played with their game plans well. But the one thing that you guys do have to understand, and everybody out there that's like, oh, this I see this this before, and I've seen this happening again because the Warriors are going to the finals again. You that they may they may very well be true, but the Rockets missed a lot of shots. They were like one for thirteen from three. They they the PJ Tucker didn't score that much. Clint Capella didn't score that much. These are two great players that score usually, and they were out of their character. They were out of sync. A lot of things didn't go the uh, the Rockets' way, and they still only lost by four. Despite all that stuff, I said in this opening rant. So if you're a Rockets fan, if you're a casual basketball fan, if you are a I hate the Warriors fan, I hate everything Steph Curry fan, I hate everything Kevin Durant fan. Then you got something to look forward to. But if the Rockets better play with that intensity every single night, they better keep working that pick and roll. They better start. They can't keep working that pick and pop. They better start stop complaining about the refs because because after this game one, if they don't get the calls in game two, they probably ain't getting the calls for the rest of the series. So you got to play ball. You have to adjust. You have to play your way through it. You have to stop worrying about analytics and play basketball. Stop doing the analytics thing, man. You got to play basketball and, and meet these guys at the rim and get down in the paint and do it the old-fashioned way, the way I was taught, the way the, the, the older people generation were taught, when you just got to put your head down and go to the rack. Because uh, you're not going to get all those calls every time you go on the three-point line, whether I think it's wrong or, or, or not. Um, Haywood Wong feels in the chat that he can see this going seven games. Uh, Jenna James, hey, boo, I think it's going seven games, but I may change my tune after game two. Yeah, me too, because if it doesn't, listen, they need to win this game. They need to win this game and send it back to Houston. It, it's it's crucial, man. It's vital. It's, man, it's, damn, I'm tired of this Warriors team. If y'all didn't get that at all, this thing I just said, man, Lord have mercy. I'll get so tired of watching this team front run. Lord. Oh, they did a good job on James though earlier though. Um, I like the scheme they're playing with. If you guys you guys watch a little bit of basketball, technical parts of basketball, a little harder to grasp. They're, they're, they're like looking at something with a fine tooth comb, needle in the haystack, looking at the nuances of basketball. But they played a really good job. If you watch how they play them, they're not just throwing one guy at them. They're throwing two guys at them. They're doing a trap at the top. They're they're forcing them way 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 out. You see how they started getting their offense started with like seven seconds of the shot clock, about ten or twelve times. That's that's great defensive strategy. Is great defensive scheme, and they did a really good job in that regard. It's so they have a scheme. Great players must adjust greatly. So we'll see what Mister Harden does. I'm not losing all confidence in the Rockets. The Rockets came to play. Like I said, they were they. It's 104 to 100. They lost by four points. They lost in a weird, controversial call at the end. The one foul that wasn't a the one call that James thought was a foul was the end that was not a foul. Um, Draymond did a pretty good job, kicked his legs out. You're not getting that call. Rest of the calls, yeah, a little shaky, a little dicey. Uh, man, ah, it's very frustrating. I wanted to get that one out the way, y'all. But um, listen, y'all know the deal, man. Listen, uh, anybody that wants to get out here, man, y'all hearing the sound of my voice, man? Please like and subscribe to everything after Buzz, man. Please go into iTunes, five star. We appreciate y'all so much, man. ESP and the TV talk, appreciate y'all, man. After Buzz would not be nothing without you guys watching me go on and on and on and on and ranting and raving and going on my diatribe about how much I hate the Warriors. So I appreciate y'all. I appreciate you guys tuning in. I appreciate y'all sticking with me. And um, yeah, man, I appreciate all y'all, man. Especially. Oh, what up, Big Face Hunters? What's good, man? Um, Jenna, again, like I said, hey, what was good? Star Drew was good. Dan was good. Johan was good. Uh, Ghost was good. Uh, yeah, Bosa was good. 
So we move on, guys. Right about now, I believe a game is going on right now, but I'm going to move to... Let me let me jump to the Eastern Conference semifinals, the Celtics versus the Bucks. And if you guys have been tuning into the show and you guys have been listening to me, the, um, as, soon as, as soon as I knew about... But like, as soon as they released the 2019 um, season, I, I was saying to myself, 18-19 season, my, the first thing I was saying to myself was the Celtics are going to the NBA Finals. Not the Conference Finals, the NBA Finals. The, the greatest basketball player I've ever seen is LeBron James. He's out of the East. It's the perfect time. It's the perfect storm. Everything's falling into place. The universe, the planets are aligning for teams to emerge. Brad Stevenson, besides Greg Popovich, is the greatest coach in basketball, in my humble opinion, the way he schemes, the way he coaches, the way he motivates players, the way he makes adjustments based on who you're, who you're going against. And I believe no matter all the turmoil and all the drama and all the back and forth and all the cattiness and all the, the pettiness and all the nonsense, I felt that the Celtics would pull it together in the playoffs. And I think they would give whoever they went against the business. And I predicted it's only game one. They beat the brakes off the Milwaukee Bucks. And it's only game one. Yeah, I'm not getting my pom-poms out. I'm not over here celebrating. I'm not over here saying I told y'all so. Because there's a long series to go. You can very well win this second game and send it back to Boston 1-1. But what I want you guys to understand, which I want you guys to point out, is game one, Boston made it look very easy. Because what I've always been saying, and as much as I love Giannis Antetokounmpo, and I, lo- I, love, I love his spirit, I love his, like, I love his true grit, I love his, I love his frame, I love his athleticism, I love that he works on his game, I love his story, I love that he's a good kid, I love he came from a good background, he's Greek, but he's immigrant of Nigeria, he has a whole, he has such a good, he's like a high character, high motor guy, and I like those kind of guys, y'all, I really do. But what I kept trying to tell y'all, even though y'all probably got to give this dude the MVP a year too early if you ask me, um, I'm not saying he doesn't deserve it, but what I was telling you guys is he's not ran into an elite defensive scheme yet. He, when the playoffs go on, this is where coaches earn their money. When the regular season goes on, teams are trying to win, secure a playoff spot. When, when they're in the playoffs, schemes change, coaches get their, their extensions, their jobs, and everything rides on how they defend star players. The way Brad Stevens is guarding Giannis Antetokounmpo is not going to change unless they make a change. They are guarding him in an unbelievable way. They're having Al Horford guard him straight up. They're having Al Horford dare him to shoot jumpers. If he makes those three, he made three threes, I think, last night. If he makes those threes, he can you know, knock yourself out. But Al Horford is guarding him straight up. And they, what they do is they don't just send a double team at him. They're sending a quick double at him. They're shooting a double team at him really, really quickly. And that's kind of getting him flustered. And then they're, then they're rotating really quick to the three-point line so he can't make quick decisions. He's... And then when he makes a quick move, he, Al Horford's there in position. So so he's getting in the post. As soon as he's in the post, they're they're attacking him and they're trapping him. After he gets out of the post, they they go they they sprint to their their spots. It literally is it, it it's what I love about basketball. I don't get to see beautiful basketball too often. I think a lot of basketball is sloppy. But when you get into the playoffs, man, it is a beautiful thing. They are playing beautiful basketball. They're using a high pick and roll with my boy Al Horford. Al Horford is one of the most, the most smoothest, beautiful, most accurate um, 15 to 18 foot jumpers you've ever seen in your life. He usually makes those. Then he can he can pick and roll. He can pick and pop. He can do so many different things. Kyrie is doing what Kyrie is doing. Uncle Drew, can, he's unguardable. No one can guard him. I don't care. Anybody say, everybody thought Air Bledsoe can guard Uncle Drew. And now they're starting to put him in the pick and roll too. Put him in the blender. Twist him up. Bend him up all over the place. And... They're balling right now. Milwaukee has their work cut out for them. They don't win this game. They get swept. 
Um, you heard it here first. You got Giannis. He came in with, what did he get? He dropped 22 points. Uh, Middleton came in with 16. Miritich dropped 13. And George Hill with nine. Those were their leading scores on the team. And the 22 that Giannis got was, you know, like I said, he had 12 points from the three-point line. Nine or 12 points from the three-point line. Like, literally insignificant baskets. It, it was one of those things where, I don't know. Unk, Unk drop, dropped in 26. Al Hofer dropped in 20 and 11. Jalen Brown dropped in 19. Hayworth, 13. Terry Rozier, 11. Like, this is this is the stat line you got from the Boston Celtics, guys. And this was in Milwaukee. This was game one. And this was their warm-up game. And Boonozer has his work, work cut out for him. And, and when you see these kind of things play out, everyone's shocked. But don't be shocked. I'm telling you, Brad Stevens is one of the most brilliant basketball minds of the modern day era that's why they pulled him from butler and everyone's wondering like who the hell is this guy from butler he didn't win a national championship but listen he got damn close with a bunch of nobodies and and it's one of those things where he's he's he knows the x's and o's if you follow his if you follow his um leadership and you follow his guidance and you follow his scheme you could be in a good position and the the celtics are in a great position now. i think they have a good as chance as any to compete with the warriors or the rockets whoever gets out of these uh out of the west i'm not knocking uh trailblazers or the nuggets i'm just Talking about what I think and who I think is going to come out of that, um, yeah, man, it's 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 very it's very interesting. Yeah, Big Face Hundreds on the chat says Eric Bledsoe has to step up. I thought he was going to get revenge back in back on the Celtics. You know, I I did too. Like, but but it's he's trying. Yeah, you, if you watch the watch the uh, highlights and watch the game or watch game two, if you want to see how they're how they're playing um, Bledsoe, they 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 knew the stats. They know they, if I know, then they know. They got video guys. They got they got coaches. They got assistant coaches. They got they got analytics people. They're watching what he did to him when they played. The the most difficult games Uncle Drew had, uh, Kyrie Irving had, was when he was going against Eric Bledsoe this year. So what they did was they studied what they what he was doing, what he did well against Kyrie, and they started putting Kyrie in different different places. They started moving him around. They started screening and picking and rolling for him. Like Kyrie was on the move more. Kyrie was um, getting to a spot in the middle more. They he got they got mismatches. Then he was doing fadeaway. It was like Eric Bledsoe didn't he he didn't expect this adjustment. So now Eric Bledsoe has to adjust. Uh, Star Drew says Celtics versus Raptors already. I will take that for a final woo. But uh, I, I'm I'm with you on that. I 100 always thought it was going to be Celtics and the Raptors. I, I'm with you on it. I said game two is going to be a big deal for me. I'm not ready to write anybody off just yet. Game twos are always important to me. You can always punch somebody in the mouth in game one. Game two. But I'm telling you, man, I tell you, it's not looking good for Milwaukee, man. I was trying to tell everybody, everybody, listen, everybody, y'all quit with that. What y'all want to do, y'all always want to push my man to the side, old goat James. Y'all always want to sweep him under the rug. And listen, he's been playing for 415 years in the NBA. I understand that. I know y'all tired of seeing LeBron James' face. I know y'all tired of seeing that hairline. I know y'all tired of seeing him and Savannah parade around and go on trips and sip wine and act a fool. I know y'all tired of this, man. So the first thing y'all want to do, y'all want to latch on to a new hero. Y'all want to latch on to a kid from Greece. You little not, you know, like y'all just want to hop on everything and just sweep my man in the rug and just forget about everything he's done. Y'all just want to anoint this young man. I tell y'all, relax. He has to be able to hit a consistent jump shot, even in this NBA. It's not about him being an all-star. It's not about him being a great player. It's not about him being a great person. He is all of those things. I'm just saying at the end of the day, in April through June, you need a little bit more than that dive and spin move and dunking on somebody. Take it from a guy for most of my career, all I did was dunk on people. This is coming from a guy that literally is being very honest with y'all right now. I didn't have a jump shot. This is why I'm talking to y'all right now. Why do you? This is coming from the place of not hatred. It's coming from a place of honesty. 
I did not have a jump shot. All I would do was run around somebody, spin move on somebody, and dunk on their head. I'm telling you, check the tape. Y'all can check my tape. All my highlights of me just dunking on people's head. I could jump really, really high from my height, and I would just dunk on people's head. But what happened when I started getting to the higher level? When no coach took me under his wing because all they cared about was wins and losses, didn't take me under their wing and prepare me for the next level. I got overseas, and I got to the NBA D-League tryout, and I was shell-shocked because I didn't have a J. And everybody that was my height that could jump just as high as I could had a J. So when I, if you hear me on here, ever on here, and I'm always, and I'm talking about Ben Simmons, and I, and I'm talking about Antetokounmpo, and I'm talking about any player without a jump shot. Trust me, in the league, I don't give a damn what anybody says. You need a jump shot, and I mean 15 to 18 foot jumper, along with your athletic ability. You need a J. It literally is the most underrated aspect of the game. JJ Redick is in the National Basketball Association for how many years? Off a jump shot. He comes off the screen and shoots a good J. He can shoot a jumper wide open. He can get to a spot off a flare screen, down screen, and he can shoot a three. And he can. that's why he's in the league. Kyle Korver, Mike Miller. You guys know these players that I'm mentioning because they were in the league and they're all, they, they were marksmen. A jump shot is a very somehow an overlooked thing in this day and age in the NBA. Because I know dunking on somebody, spinning around and catching alley-oops is very sexy. I get it. But I'm telling you, when the rubber meets the road, when push comes sub, April through June, you need a jumper. Nah, Big Face Hunters, I disagree, man. The thing about it is Giannis, out of those two, him and Bam, I, I believe Giannis is going to be the one to develop his 15-foot J. I can see him with that fit. I'm telling you, all you need is a 15-foot jumper. If you guys want to see a beautiful example of what I'm talking about, just watch Al Horford on the pick and roll. He spots up right at that elbow that's about 15 to 18 feet. He hits that with regularity, and it is absolutely beautiful. It is a beautiful thing to watch. Truly, truly beautiful thing to watch when someone can pick out and hit on the elbow and hit a jump shot that beautifully. And it's and, he, and he's a big man, and people don't understand because he doesn't look like it, but he's 6'10", just like Giannis is. So I, I believe Giannis has the drive and the determination to, after this year, especially if they get bounced by the Celtics, he'll go into the lab and he'll work on that J. He needs a 15 to 18-foot jump shot. It's not consistent enough. It's there, but it's not there. I'm telling, I'm telling y'all. Y'all seen it? Y'all acting like I'm making stuff up. Watch the tape. You guys, but 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 this is not this is not the this is not the poo poo um, uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo. He's gonna get a jump shot. Ben Simmons, I don't know. The jury's still out on that young whippersnapper. But Giannis is gonna get a jumper. He's too good. He's too great. He's too determined to be great. He wants to be one of the greatest of all time. You're gonna see him slowly but surely start working. He's gonna start inching out the 10, 12, 15, and he's gonna start making people have to defend that J. Not kind of defend. Have to defend. Watch how they defend him in game two, y'all. They're gonna they're gonna give him room to shoot the J so he can't blow by them, just like Al Horford's been doing. Until he starts making people respect that jumper. Just like LeBron. Le- LeBron to me always had a jumper, but he didn't have it enough to people respect him. And then he worked on that J and he made people just enough have to come out and defend him. So like I said, I think it's very interesting. I think it's very, very interesting. Um, Jenna James in the chat says, I saw Duke's games this year. Zion has a jumper more so at this point of his young career over Simmons. Uh, yeah, I would give him, yeah, I would give him a jump shot over Simmons as well, but he can't shoot either. Them, them, that, that ugly, awkward three pointer he shoots, I don't think it's going to, and it's a slow release too. He shoots really slow release, just like, um, Lonzo, she has a slow release. His release has to get a little quicker and he has to get a little more accurate. Um, I think he's going to struggle a little bit when he gets to the league. If he thinks he's going to spot up and shoot threes like that, I personally do. I, I, like I said, I don't think you have to shoot threes. Ha- shooting threes doesn't mean make, make you have a jumper. I mean, literally 15, to 18 foot. It took me till it was too late for me to fix it 
to realize I needed a 15 to 18 foot jumper. By the time I have a 15 to 18 foot jumper, I'm getting injured and I got to end my career. So with these young bucks with all their youth and all their youth and all their training and all these coaches and all these people that got their hands in their pocket, y'all need to help them get a jump shot. Because I'm telling you right now, man, it's the most important thing about basketball. A jump shot can add five years to your basketball career. You see Vince Carter, right? 40-plus years old, was still in the league because he developed a jump shot. And what was he known for, ladies and gentlemen? Dunking on people's head. Y'all know I'm right about this stuff, man. This is this is basketball one-on-one, man. The most overlooked aspect in the game is a jump shot. 15 to 18 foot is all I'm asking for. Damn it. Hell, I'll even take 10 feet, man. I'll even take a 10-foot jump shot, man. I ain't asking for much, man. So we got the Celtics. They they win. Like I said, they, they, they're up. They're up 1-0. to They're up 1-0. to And now we move to the 76ers versus the Raptors. And this one's very interesting. Now, now I don't know why everybody, I don't know where it came from. I don't know if it came out of my home state of Pennsylvania, where everybody has anointed this Philadelphia 76ers team as the greatest team in the world, the team that's going to blow everybody up. Right now, they're up 36 to 22 on the Toronto Raptors, and y'all, y'all think I'm looking pretty crazy right now. Y'all think I look like I don't know what I'm talking about right now, don't y'all? Y'all over here singing like, man, Evan, what's going on, man? You, you talking all this trash. They up by 14 right now in the second quarter. Yeah, y'all may be right. They might be better than I think they are. I'm just not as enamored with the 76ers as everybody is. And it's not because, and it's because y'all, and if y'all know anything about me, it's not, I'm not the biggest fan of Ben Simmons. Ben, ben Simmons is more of a, uh, a handicap than he is help, to be, be, to be honest with you. Um, Joel Embiid can't stay healthy. He always got a back, a uh, stub toe, or ingrown toenail, or like a torn meniscus, a torn foot, torn labrum. He had the knee bones connected to the elbow. This dude is like the he's like the modern day chocolate version of Humpty Dumpty, man. He literally continuously falls off the wall. I do not understand. All the king's horses and all the king's men can't put Joel Embiid back together again. I cannot stand players that aren't healthy. Literally, listen, as an athlete, this is your only job, right? You, listen, I love athletes, right? All athletes are overpaid. We can, we can, we can admit that, right? They're not doctors. They're not, you know, they're not brain surgeons. They're not helping children with like, like illnesses. When I say athletes are overpaid, some of these guys make $200 million to put a ball in the basketball hoop. That's all they do. That's all, that's all they do. I'm just saying from a, from what they do perspective, a lot of athletes are overpaid. So with that being said, your only job in this overpaid market, your only job is to play well and stay healthy. That's it. When you can't do one of the two, it's hard for me to anoint you as such and such person where you always have a thing or you're managing minutes because of a a restriction because of the doctor and your knee and your ankle or what the hell ever, man. Lord have mercy. And everybody falls in love with Embiid because he's he's all he's all cocky and he says what he wants to say and he speaks his mind and he's all goofy and all this other stuff like that. But that goofiness and that immaturity is what's going to send them home. Ultimately, this team will not win. Ultimately, this team will not win, man. It is one of those things where I, I think about it all the time, and they have a great core. It's not this is not a knock on Jimmy Butler, who I love, by the way. I love Jimmy Butler, man. Uh, I, I, and I do. I love Embiid. He can't stay healthy. Love him. I love Reddick. I love Tobias Harris. I like their squad. I, I truly do. I like their coach. It's just one of those things where that team frustrates me because everyone's acting like this team's going to turn a corner. In the NBA, in the league, in professional sports, soccer, whatever, you only have a limited window. You can't always keep, th- keep thinking somebody's going to turn the corner. Heaven, uh, Ben Simmons is only 22 years old. Well, there's going to be a come a time as years progress, unless y'all know something, y'all got a time machine or the fountain of youth, something I don't know about. What's going to happen is he's going to get old. 
and he still ain't gonna have a J, and they still ain't gonna be getting out of the the, the, West, the Eastern Conference, and y'all gonna be sitting here like, damn, that team was so good, just like Lob City was really good in, as, in, in the Clippers. All they were so great. There's a small, finite amount of time in a window of space that a team has or organization has to put themselves over the top. And I and I don't know. And Big Face Hunters, I 100% agree with you in the chat, man. They're going to blow this lead. I really, 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 really hope so. It's one of those things. That, this Guys, you act like I'm upset, man. Philly is one of the worst fan bases in all the world. I'm from Pennsylvania. They're terrible. But they are in a much, much better mood when they win. And I got some people. I got my family. A lot of my family. I got one of my good boys up here. Paulie, what's good, baby? He lives in Philly. He's in the heart of Philadelphia with all them crazy people there, man. You think I want him to get hurt? I want them to win. I want it to be a happy ride as opposed to a bad ride. Listen, I want them to win for the sake of the city, not for the sake of my ego because I think they're trash and I think they'll go get exposed. But if it has to do with my ego over my city, I got to pick my city, man, and my city's happiness and everybody walking around beating their chest because don't nobody front run like a Philadelphia Eagles fan or a Dallas Cowboy fan or 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 Oakland Raiders fan don't nobody front run like those organizations or, or even or even a Pittsburgh Steelers fan or Washington Redskins fan or Washington fan listen unless I, I think they should be going to Washington natives but that's neither here nor there man derogatory term and you know Dan Sander ain't gonna change it so I gotta just you know keep it you know keep it 100 but that's one of those things like so don't nobody front run like them so I want to see them very happy but I don't know you got Kawhi that poured in 45 points in this game. And a Siakam, who I really like, who's coming along, that it, you don't really know who he is because you don't get to see Toronto play a lot. Drake knows who he is, but that's probably the only person that knows who he is. And he dropped in 29. And that that really pretty much is all they need. They didn't get much from anybody else. They got eight from Mark. They got nine from Danny um, Danny Green. They didn't, they didn't need much from anybody else. Um, it's, it's one of those things where... If Kawhi's putting in these kind of points and he's putting that kind of effort in, they're, they're going to be hard to beat. I, I wish they would got he got distributed around a little more. I think he needs double figures from at least uh, three players besides him. Like if he, if he dropped about thirty and got twelve to fifteen from everyone else, I think that'd be pretty good. You had uh, JJ on the seven sixer side that dropped in seventeen, Embiid sixteen, Tobias fourteen, Ben fourteen, and James Ennis uh, eleven. Not bad. Not not bad at all. That kind of production is fine. Joel needs way more buckets. But what's going to start happening is he's going to start getting real, 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 real tired, and he's going to stub a toe or something like that, man. I don't care, man. He he can get he can get mad at me too. All he wants to. This ain't got nothing. This this ain't got nothing to do with me. That's you, bro. You the one with the kryptonite in your, in your pocket. But anyway, oh, Star Drew in the chat says, uh, <laughs> okay, 76 is Evan's team or is another team back in the day? It's one of those things that's interesting about me and teams, man. When I when I grew up, you know, I grew up kind of like in the tri-state area. Um, it, it, when I was in, when my, my parents weren't doing the military thing and my, my parents grew up like um, Washington, Washington fans, because back in, in Carlisle, my hometown of Pennsylvania, the Washington team would would train at Dickinson College, which is in my hometown, which is really weird. Like their training facility was at Dickinson College for, I mean, forever through the eighties and everything. So this whole contingent of Pennsylvania people were Washington fans, and then you got the people mixed in with Philadelphia, then you got the Pittsburgh fans, and then Baltimore's not that far, and you got the Baltimore Ravens fans. It's it's a very interesting area where I'm from. So I kind of grew up in this weird pocket where I was like, man, I don't like none of y'all. So I just kind of took a step back and started just following stories and following players and things like that. But if push comes to shove, the happiness of Pennsylvania is paramount. You know when the Super Bowl was going on, I was like, Philly, I love Philly. You know what I mean? So it's like, 
it's one of those things where like I, I I like the happiness of the team. Like I'm in LA right now, so I'm pulling for all the LA teams, man. I want every LA team to win because I'm telling you, LA is a much better place when teams win. I'm telling you, Kings, I don't care, the Angels, the Dodgers, the Clippers, the Lakers, you know what I mean? It does not matter as long as they're winning. Damn it, the the, the spark, the galaxy, whoever's winning in LA, it's a much better place. It's like Disney, it's like Disney World, man. So I, I I don't I never never really really had a team you know what I mean? uh, Jenna James in the chats Kyle Lowry doing good in the playoffs it's got to be a dream yeah you know it's one of those things where not the biggest Kyle Lowry fan I don't like little little goofy looking guys that that, that come and go in basketball I, I don't know but uh yeah huh, let's hope so yeah it's forty to twenty six right now seventy two good for y'all listen to this right here look at the bottom of the thing in the NBA.com it says Embiid available gastroenteritis yeah you see what I'm saying. Do y'all see what I'm talking about right now? Right on cue. Chat. Gastroenteritis. Will y'all please? He got some kind of stomach thing going on. Whatever. I cannot stand this dude, man. What is wrong with this dude, man? Oh, my goodness gracious, man. I cannot stand it. With that being said, man, before I wrap this bad boy up, man, I kind of... Uh, I want to appreciate you guys for coming to the chat and chatting with me and keeping things active for me and um, giving me something to talk about. It's it's um, so far. So I guess if before I roll out, I guess I wanted to talk about the, the series. Like I said, I got Boston winning the Milwaukee series. I have Toronto winning the the, the Philadelphia series. I don't know. I but six games maybe. Um, they win tonight. Five games. So. There goes that Warriors. I, I it's weird. Game two is everything to me. I'm still gonna go with my pick and say the the Rockets dethrone the Warriors. I gotta stick with that. Stay strong. It's not looking good, but Houston over Houston over, yeah, Houston over Golden State. And in the hard fought, hard fought series, I think Portland's gonna edge out the Denver Nuggets. It will be hard fought though. But Dame Lillard is just getting warmed up, just getting started. Finally, putting all y'all people on notice that he is here and he is the best point guard in basketball. It is not Kyrie Irving. It is not Steph Curry. He is not Russell Westbrook. I don't give, give a damn who else you want to put out there. That's the best point guard in basketball. My favorite point guard in the basketball is Patrick Beverly, but that's neither here nor there. That's more of a personal thing than a basketball thing. But the best point guard in all the land plays in Portland. Um, yeah. Listen, um, Jenna James. Yes. Yeah, I, yeah, 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 man. Jenna James in the chat, man. He does need to lay off the Philly cheesesteaks. That's my favorite sandwich in the whole universe. But he needs to lay off that, man. He probably didn't go to the right place. Like, <laughs> the, yeah, man, yo, Big Face Hunter says in the chat, he is the center version of Derrick Rose. Not really. Cause that, you know, I know what you mean, though. Unless he, like, it prevents him from being, like, active for, like, seasons upon seasons. And he comes out at a press conference and said, I don't even know about basketball. I just want to, you know, I want to raise my kids. Well, if he comes out like that, then we can then we can get worried. But... As of right now, um, oh man, what? Hold on, Dan in the chat. Does Denver have a star player? Are you crazy? You better check the tape, man. Jokic, you better check the. You better check the tape. The Joker, check the tape. Yeah, man, that's for real, DJ. Check the tape. But um, oh my goodness, they have a star. They got a superstar. But anything, man. I'm gonna wrap this up, man. I'm getting out of here, man. Listen, 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 listen. Y'all gotta um. Yo, let wish my man say travels David Bloom, man. He's out doing his thing. Follow him everywhere, man. At David H. Bloom, man. He ain't never on social media. I ain't never met a man so young, so vibrant, so exuberant, so full of youth and charisma. Not be on social media. He make me feel like I'm on it too much. But y'all at him, man. He don't mind talking sports, chopping up even all the way over in Poland or Israel or Jerusalem, wherever he gonna be at. But it's your boy, man. MT Mac, Instagram and Twitter. Y'all know I'm always here. I'm always in the chat. 
Enjoy the playoffs. I will see y'all next week. Everybody in the chat, love, peace, chicken grease, hot comb, and some grits. I'll see y'all later, man. Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.